welcome to the Life, Living It and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about the impact of your beliefs on your language. But before we jump into all that, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly update. So, an exciting week. Um, By the time you've heard this, I'm guessing we will have had the um, results of the uh, presidential election. I'm recording this slightly earlier than usual, um, so I've not seen... Um, the results aren't out yet, so um, it looks like it's a very close race at the moment in the US. So I'm um, very interested to see how that will go over the next few days. Like I said, I'm guessing by the time this comes out, in fact, by the weekend, I'm guessing, um, before you hear this, um, the results will be out. So it'll be an in- interesting uh, few days while we see uh, the results of that play out. Um, for me, this week, another week of lockdown, obviously, as for everybody else. Not much of a difference to me because I'm in my uh, just coming to the end of my two week self isolation period uh, after my travel to France. Um, not too much of an impact on me. I'm I'm fairly lucky, so um, I do most of my shopping online. As I've mentioned before, I get all my food um, delivered. I get gusto boxes. So if anybody's looking for a healthy food choice, uh, not the nice, quick, uh, delicious recipes um, with all the ingredients delivered in a box to your door. Um, I recommend Gusto. I, I get um, Gusto boxes. In fact, they're, they're that good. I took one to France with me to with my parents. Um, they come kind of in a in a big cardboard box, and they've got ice packs in there to keep everything nice and cold. Um, so all I did was because um, normally I order a box or two. Um, it's only me, so but they, they do me meals for the week. Um, but I increase it to a box for four because I was visiting my parents. So I thought it was great to take some different stuff over for them. Um, so I um, increased the size of the box. It arrived the day before I left, and um, I just took everything out of the box, popped it in the fridge and the ice packs into the freezer to keep them cold, loaded it into the car the next day, and everything was still brilliant um, when, when we got to France. So um, we were all able to enjoy that, which was great. So thoroughly recommend that. Uh, this week I've also finished reading a book, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I've not done a book review for a while, so I thought I'd um, start off with one this week. Um, so this week, uh, or while I was away... Um, I started reading it, but I've just finished it. It's only a short book. I don't know how many pages. Let's have a look. It's got just over uh, just over 100 pages, 110 pages, something like that. Um, it's called Some 40 Tales from the Afterlives, and it's it's by uh, author uh, David Eagleman. Um, so it's actually received some critical praise. It's uh, got some really good accolades um, about it. It was actually recommended to me uh, by a friend of mine, um, it was it was really good. So I'm going to read the blurb here just so that you know what it's about. Um, what happens to us when we die and what does that tell us about being human? In the afterlife, you may find that God is the size of a microbe and unaware of your existence. Or you may find the afterlife contains only those people whom you remember. In some afterlives, you are split into all your different ages. In some, you are recreated based on your credit card records and in others, you are forced to live with annoying versions of yourself that represent what you could have been. In these wonderfully imagined tales, at once funny and wistful and unsettling, Eagleman kicks over the chessboard of traditional notions and offers us a dazzling lens through which to see ourselves here and now. His stories are rooted in science and romance and awe at our mysterious existence, a mixture of hope, love and death that cuts through human nature at innovative angles so it's it's a story of kind of um um short stories it's a book of short stories 
Um, each short story is about two, three pages long. Some are slightly longer, some are slightly shorter. So they're really short, so they're kind of bite-sized stories. And, and you can read a whole kind of story in one go because it's only a couple of pages long. So I was doing that most of the time, most evenings before I went to bed when I was in France. I was reading a couple of pages, which is a whole story or maybe a couple if I had a bit longer. Um, and then they're quite cool. Like I say, they kind of give you a different outlook on, on life sometimes and they kind of give you... Uh, slightly different views of how you're living your life uh, so it's worth reading I, normally I'd read um, a pass couple of passages or a couple of pages out of uh, the book I'm reviewing um, but because the book shows so short and because they're kind of mini short stories in there I'm not sure where I'd stand in terms of um, uh, copyright so I don't want to uh, get into trouble but I recommend having a read of that like I say it's only a short um, short story um, a book of short stories so it uh, can be read quite quickly you could probably read the whole thing through to be fair in two or three hours if you're a quick reader um i'm a bit of a slower reader i like taking my time um but i'll just read um, a thing off the back by um, philip pullman who's reviewed it um, some of his terrific the inventiveness the clarity and wit of the prose and the claim uh, and the calm air of moral understanding that pervades this book add up to something completely original and it is um, a really original book it's like i said it's kept uh, kept me uh, coming back for more even though i've only been reading a little bit at a time um so yeah definitely worth a read um i've also started reading so my next book i'm reading is a book called play it again um which is by uh, author um, Alan Rusbridger, who I believe is the editor of the Guardian newspaper, um, and this story is kind of his uh, a challenge he set to himself of learning to play um, Chopin's ballad, uh, ballad Number One, uh, which is a famous piano piece, one of the most complex piano pieces um, out there, and it's kind of his story. He set himself a challenge of learning and playing that um, in the course of a year. And, his, and the book kind of details his journey. So I've only just started that. It's really interesting so far. It kind of describes the um, in uh, the intricacies of being a, being a newspaper editor as well. So it kind of gives you an insight into um, um, the, the, his career choice, his career path as an editor, um, and kind of um, delves into that a little bit as it goes through. But um, the key theme is about learning to play that piano piece, which is um, a pretty awesome piece. If you've not heard the piece itself, um, or if you've got Spotify or Amazon Music or anything like that, um, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. It's a you know it's a massively classical piece of music. I think the whole piece um, played um, from end to end is about ten to twelve minutes long, depending on um, the person playing it. Um, I think the the original was uh, played in something like ten ten eleven minutes. So, um, but it's a very complex piece of music, as you will um, find out uh, if you if you listen to it. Um, so the book, that's what I'm reading at the moment, so I'm, I'll give that a review once I finish that. So, on to today's podcast episode, which is the effect of your beliefs on your language. Now, this came up, um, interestingly, just through a simple exchange I had um, via a text message. I had sent um, somebody a picture of, I'm going to need to start getting podcast insurance so I can start naming people uh, because I'm bound to upset people if I name them. Uh, so I'll try and avoid that, although this one isn't a particularly uh, worrying one. Uh, <laughs> this one uh, was just a text conversation I had. I'd sent um, a picture of um, one of the meals I'd cooked. It was actually one of the um, Gusto ones. Uh, it looked really great. Um, I'm a big foodie. I love um, great food. Um, so I'm often sending pictures of food that I have to people 
um, especially if I'm out and about in restaurants and stuff. Um, people will no doubt get annoyed with the uh, photos of uh, food that I send them. Um, so anyway, I'd, I'd cooked this recipe. It looked really great. So I took a picture of it before I ate it and I fired off a text. Um, and, and this person kind of replied back um, uh, saying something along the lines of it was a real um, small sentence kind of message back um, saying, um, hope it tastes okay. And it kind of got me thinking just that um, simple um, you know, and nothing was meant by it. No, I, I'm absolutely 100% sure that nothing was meant by that. It wasn't some kind of slurred insult about the, the quality of my cooking usually or anything like that. Uh, I like to think I'm a pretty good cook, so there was nothing meant by it, absolutely not. Uh, but the, the language, it, it kind of jumped out at me and it was interesting. So what what I kind of read into that was if they cooked that recipe themselves, they didn't believe that it would come out tasting well. Or if they had a go at cooking something similar, it wouldn't come out so well. And that kind of was reflected in the language that that person had used. And I thought, well, that, you know, this one was a nice, easy gusto recipe. Anybody could follow it. If I can follow it, anybody can follow it. I like to think that I'm a good cook, but actually I only follow recipes. I'm very rubbish at making up my own recipes. Uh, I only follow other people's recipes. Um, so in that respect, I'm not a great cook. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, but it was just the way that the language was used. And it got me thinking about how we can see what people's beliefs are by the language that they use sometimes. How many times have you said to somebody, oh, I'm trying this thing new? Well, you know, whether it's learning a new um, new skill or whether it's learning a new um, language or whether it's going for exercise for the first time, or whether it's trying to shift a little bit of weight, whether it's trying to get a little bit fitter, whatever it is, have you, have you ever had that conversation with somebody where you said oh and you're really excited right so you've had that conversation and said um i'm i'm just about to do this it's going to be great and they and they say something along the lines of rather than you than me do you really think you can do that uh, and you know you start getting this kind of stream of negativity back and, and that can be quite demoralizing and what part of this conversation and part of what i realized over the last week is sometimes that, that that language is just reflecting back to you. It's not that person's view of you and your ability to do uh, whatever it is you, you, you were setting out to do. It's reflecting their um, confidence in themselves being able to do that, um, you know. And, and I think that's an important differentiator. And I think we sometimes forget when we're talking to other people that our language reflects our beliefs and I think that I think if we were more aware of that, we can generally be more positive. We can shift our language and shape our language to be more uh, motivational for people um, to be what they need to hear instead of what we need to hear. Uh, uh, and just kind of um, pick everybody's spirits up a bit more and, and get us towards that life that we love. Right. So um, I think language is a real key thing uh, and a real key driver um, of living a life we love and I think if you know first of all we've got to sort out our own internal language right because a lot of times we have that kind of devil sh sat on our shoulder saying oh you can't do that you'll never be able to do that other people are better at it than you you know whatever that devil is for you um, we've kind of got to control our own language around that and shift it um, how many times have we said something along the lines of or somebody's asked us to do something and we've said oh I'll try my best to do that you know, even that in itself 
is reflecting back that you do not believe that you are able to do it. So you will try your best instead of saying, oh, yep, I'll get that done. You're kind of saying, oh, yeah, I'll try my best because deep down inside, you do not believe that you can complete whatever that task, whatever that activity is that you've been asked to do. So you kind of reflect that back in your language. And people notice that. People may not say something at the time, but people notice that. And then they start making their um, their views about you, about your performance, about what you're capable for, based on your language that you're not even aware of, um, that you're not even kind of conscious of um, saying. And, and you know, it's, it's only when you start peeling away your layers that you start to realize that you have some of these beliefs and that you need to work on changing some of these beliefs about yourself, which is why, I'm, why a real key step is starting with the language that you use internally. So when you're starting to think something, oh, I'll try my best to do that, you need to shift from that and say, yes, I will do that. I'll definitely do that. I'll get it sorted. And, and kind of it's, it's a real subtle shift. Right. And it, but it's going to have such a big impact on your um, your motivation, your drive, your consistency, your performance um, and, and your general mood as well. So um, it's, it's worth spending some time trying to shape this. And when you find yourself getting that, uh, when you find yourself where your devil is speaking louder than any other part of you, you need to once you realize that you kind of need to shut that down and shift the language pattern and change that. I think that's going to be really helpful for folks. And you can see the benefit of those though, this through watching people with good language patterns, both for themselves and for other people. Um, these are people generally that everybody is drawn towards, that people uh, enthused to be around. People get naturally motivated. They get driven more to want to be around these people uh, because it's usually because of their language shows their beliefs and they've got those positive beliefs. So they've got a positive language and they've got positive beliefs. So um, so start shifting your internal language as a first step to correcting if you need to. Um, the, sec- the second kind of key step there is to get around those positive people, those people who are already using a, a, a really positive language. You know, if you're like I say, if you're around people and they're using that negative language, that's going to rub off on you and you're going to start kind of embedding that language because um, what's the saying? Something along the lines of you are the average of the five people that you spend most time with, right? So if you're spending your time with people that use that negative language and carry that through, uh, they might not necessarily realize that they've got those negative beliefs in there. Um, They might not be aware of that. They've just kind of got into the habit of using this negative language. Um, But that's something that we need to avoid so that we can start living and keep living that life that we love. So hopefully this is really helpful. And hopefully this is helping somebody um, listening right now. Um, So once you've kind of shifted that internal language and you've kind of got yourself around some people who are using positive language, got positive beliefs. The next thing is then shifting your outward language. So when you're talking to other people, kind of shifting what you're saying slightly. So, for example, um, when I said um, to my parents uh, that I'm going to run 100 uh, miles over a frozen lake in Mongolia, they kind of, well, they had, my dad was pretty nonplussed, to be honest. He, he wasn't too bothered. Um, but my mum was like, oh, no, you can't do that. You're going to have all these issues. There's going to be this. There's going to be that that goes wrong. It's going to be so cold. You won't be able to do this. What about food? What about this? What about that? And all this kind of negativity runs came, kind of came out. 
And, um, you know, one of the things she said was all, when we kind of got to the end of that conversation was all rather you doing it than me doing it. And, and it kind of, ref- and, and again, if when I look back on those kind of conversations, it's reflecting my mum's belief that she couldn't do something like that when she could if she wanted to, right? So um, she'd always said for quite a few years, you know, oh, I, I couldn't do a park run, I couldn't do a five-kilometre run, that's far too much, um, etc. Why would you do something like that? You know, you know, there's all this kind of negative stuff, rather you than me, all that kind of uh, usual stuff. Um, and this year, um, I think she surprised... Um, my dad and herself by getting out and doing that doing it and, and actually really smashing it she's done really well I couldn't be prouder of her um, because she's got out and done something really cool that she never thought she'd be able to do um, so just being able to shift your mindset and I think her seeing me doing it her seeing other people doing it her looking at stuff has, has helped her kind of get to that place where she's got that mindset of, oh, maybe this is possible. And then she's gone out and tried it. You know, there's been some tough days along the way. You know, maybe she's twisted her ankle a couple of times, that kind of thing. So she will have had some tough days um, where she will have had to manage that internal language. Um, My mum is quite risk focused. um, So uh, she's kind of um, uh, uh, green in the disc assessment. Um, uh, So if, if, her focus is on being kind of stable on a level playing field. So um, those kind of those highs and those lows, um, she tries to stay away from highs and lows. She tries to be stable, I think. So um, doing something like this removes her from her comfort zone, um, from that stability. Um, So, which is one of the reasons why I'm super proud. I think it's it's an awesome thing that she's done. Um, And she started to look at it and she started talking about, or getting it in a faster time or doing slightly further and and I think over time she probably will and I think she'll do really great at that as well but it's it's around managing that inner voice it's a man about managing your outward um, language as well if if you keep saying to yourself and I'm not talking about my mum now I'm talking about in general if you keep saying to other people oh I can't do that I can't do that uh, and maybe originally you don't really know enough about it you just kind of had a gut reaction I can't do that but you say that often enough, you start to believe what you're saying. So now your beliefs are becoming shaped by your language um, in a reversal. So when you start out with something, usually your language is shaped by your beliefs. But now you're in a position where you're saying something over and over again. And that negativity is creeping into your beliefs. And, and you can actually change your beliefs over time based up purely on the language that you're using, which is why language is so important. You need to get kind of be conscious about the language that you're using like I say both internally and externally so if you're talking to you're having a conversation with somebody um, say you want to change careers you want to uh, maybe you've been um, a project manager your whole life and you want to go and become um, a, a, a radio engineer I don't know I'm just making stuff up um, and somebody says oh it's a bit late and there you know you're a bit older do you really want to change career most people wouldn't change careers so late and then you say, oh, maybe you're right, maybe it's too old. And, and then you start, because you, that person you see regularly and you're having that conversation regularly, you have that conversation three or four times and you're not having any other positive conversation with anybody else. You start, your mind starts focusing on those words, those um, the energy through those words, and, and you start to believe what you're hearing, you start to believe what you're saying, um, which is why it's really important to get yourself around those people who speak with a positive language 
and those people who have those positive beliefs um, and, and why it's important to be conscious of your own language as well. So hopefully that's helped a few people today. I think that's quite a complex topic, but it, it, I think it's a really interesting one. And I think it's uh, I think it's one of the uh, kind of a it's a secret. Um, it's a key um, thing that um, as I as I realised this this week, you know, um, and uh, I, I've talked about kind of language before through other events, but not kind of in this way. Um, I, I, I've talked about the, the impact that language has on other people. Um, the people around you and you kind of want to be seen as a motivator rather than a demotivator. P- you know, people won't be attracted to you. Um, people won't like to come and speak to you. People won't like to come and have conversations with you if you're always negative. So I've talked about that before. Right. But taking it this, that step further this time, you know, that that language is having an impact on yourself as well. Uh, and if we're conscious of that, then we can start to change it and get to that life that we love. So um, the first step is being conscious of it, right? So when you realize that you're having some negative self-talk, when you've got that inner demon sat on your shoulder telling you negative things, shut it up, shut it down, get a shot of it, move it out and make some space for some positivity. Um, if you realize, if you become conscious that you're saying negative things to other people, you're saying, oh, you can't do that. Or I don't think that's a good idea when you don't really know too much about it. Catch yourself, rephrase it make yourself more positive as well that's going to make yourself uh, more attractive it's going to make people want to speak to you more and it's going to improve your relationships with people um um, once you've kind of um mastered your inner self-talk like i say then master your outer talk and make sure that your language reflects your actual beliefs and this might take some um, time to kind of think about what you truly believe and and maybe this is a, a kind of a revelation to you you know certainly i've picked up a few things as i'm saying something i'm like this i'm saying this because i believe this and i never realized that i believe this um so i need to change this belief about myself because it's a limiting belief it's a self-limiting belief there's nobody it's, it's imposed that belief onto me it's my own it's come out of my own head and thoughts and there's no reason why i believe that other than um my own language and my own thoughts has been so negative that i've kind of got into that habitual way of thinking um so uh, become conscious of that see uh try it for a few weeks see how your mood improves see how you, uh, other people's perceptions of you change uh, and kind of give us some feedback on um whether that's helped um improve and get you to that life that you love. So uh, head over to um, the Facebook group and, and leave a note about that after a few weeks. If you've given it a try, even after a few days, uh, give us some feedback on how that's helped. And if you found something else, some other tips, let us know that as well. Um, so that's it for today's episode. The last thing I just wanted to ask everybody is uh, if you're listening and you found some of this information useful, um, people ask me, you know, how how can we help you? What can we do? Um, you give us all this really great information for free through the podcast. There's a couple of ways you can do uh, can can do this. Um, if you want to kind of help yourself even further, check out my website. Um, I've got some coaching packages available. I've got some coaching slots opened up. So if, if you want to go more in depth, um, uh, and have uh, the disc assessment sorted. Um, you'll be uh, we'll go through that. You'll get a twenty odd page report on your kind of personality profile, the best way that you communicate with people, the best way other people can communicate with you. Um, it'll go into your natural preferences, um, the best kind of tasks for you, how you best approach tasks, how you work with other people. We're going to really deep dive into all that stuff. It's going to be a phenomenal session. Feedback's been great, so. 
Hopefully you'll find that useful as well. But otherwise, if you can head over to iTunes or Spotify and leave a five-star review for the podcast, that always helps as well. And obviously, recommend to your friends if if you think they're going to find some use from this info as well. So thanks very much for listening. I've been Gordon Doan. You guys have been great. Let's go live that life we love. Let's go. (laughs) 